I'm going to welcome Mary Ann Holm from Leap to All About Animals Radio. We're going to have a discussion about Lucy, which I think could go on for days, but we'll try and keep it down. Um, Lucy, as I think everybody in the world knows, is a beautiful elephant, very sadly on her own in a very cold place in Canada. And what we want to do is do a catch up for all her supporters and fans and everybody that's really willing her to sanctuary around the world. So we won't hang about. We've got a lot to talk about. So the first thing, if you don't mind, Marianne, is the new medical examinations completed hopefully this October, um, included recommendations from welfare groups, the wonderful Free the Wild and Leap. Um, Perhaps you could tell us more about that, please. Yes, that has been a long time in coming. Uh, That is something since I founded Leap in 2015, that was the very, that was our mandate was to get independent experts to come in and examine Lucy, because as you know, that has never happened. The zoo has claimed that some of their assessments have been independent. And I think they make that claim because for example, they brought in a vet from the UK. So because he's coming from the outside, they deem him independent uh, when in fact he was, you know, a zoo um, veterinarian. He wasn't in fact an elephant expert. And he was hired by them for the specific reason to come in and say that Lucy is too sick to travel. He also was responsible for a lone elephant in the zoo that he worked at. So clearly he had no issues um, with the management of keeping a solitary elephant. So there was a lot of background that went into the choice of him and that's, they will call him an independent expert. They brought in people from Ringling Brothers Circus and referred to them as independent experts. They brought in a horse vet. And yes, he's kind of independent because he's not any part of the elephant community, but that's certainly not the type of expert that we've been seeking. So a lot of double talk and smoke and mirrors to really uh, hide the fact that there has not been any kind of independent expert to examine Lucy. So LEAP, as well as other groups like ZooCheck for years have been, you know, calling on the city to finally bring in someone who's well-credentialed, who doesn't have an iron in the fire, so to speak, who it doesn't really make a difference to them whether Lucy stays or goes. Um, But certainly people within the zoo industry have a vested interest in keeping elephants in zoos. So, you know, this is the fight that we've, we've had for years. And finally, um, this October, October 5th to 8th, there were examinations completed of Lucy um, by consultants that were recommended from us, Sleep, and also from Free the Wild. So I can confirm that to be true. Um, the issue is, is that the reports have still not been issued. So we don't know what they say. Um, of course, I have some idea. Um, through our consultant, but we don't know the scope of the reports and what they're actually going to say as of yet. And we're anxiously waiting like everyone else to be able to read these reports and then, you know, go from there. Are we able to say at all, and if you're not, that's absolutely fine, um, who, um, who your vets were? Because obviously there's a few very well-known vets that took part in another very famous elephant's 
um, going to sanctuary a few years ago. Um, are you able to, if you're not, that's fine. But if you, if you are able to say who, you know, who you asked and who was used, I think people would be interested in that. Oh, I, I absolutely know that people would be interested. And unfortunately, I can't say that until the reports are released. That's Other okay. than I can say there is some similarities okay. to the um, experts that examined Kavan, who okay. I believe you're referring to. And our expert in particular um, is well-connected with the Global Sanctuary for Elephants, um, which is a very well-respected, uh, accredited, um, just won the, the award for the best sanctuary um, on the globe. Um, so that's where our expert is affiliated. And so, um, although I can't say names until they come out, I think I've given a few hints, but yep. um, very qualified um, experts, certainly not people that are affiliated with zoos and circuses this time around. So um, that was a that was a huge, huge uh, bit of progress for Lucy. That, 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 is a, that is a very big bit of pro progress. And it's one that I think even that much knowledge, to be honest, will be such a huge sigh of relief for so many people around the world because I think we see every day the extraordinary efforts that so many people have undertaken I mean from standing out in the snow to prove how cold Lucy is to you know measuring things examining things and as you say it's a really good point about what is an independent vet because as we know you know most of us have got animals it's private health. And if you, if, you, if you take your animal to the vets, you know, they say to you, what would you like to do? You know, it's not exactly going into your local hospital and they do what needs to be done. It's, it is different. And, you know, when we talk about the vets that have been there before, um, we've all looked at the vets. We can all see, you know, what industry they look at, you know, and they work in. And we've all looked at, you know, their histories, and obviously, there's there's a big, significant difference in viewpoints um, of what is conservation. I mean, obviously, Lucy originally was sent to Canada as part of a breeding program, which, as we know, it just didn't work. And, you know, some things don't work. You know, animals are you know not the easiest at times. But if you haven't got the right facilities, it's going to make it that much harder. So Lucy really... Um, you know, she's a really intelligent animal. And I think that it's sad when we see her just standing around having her picture taken because she is so much more than that and she should be appreciated as being so much more than that. And I think that's why, you know, I know that you've got a huge coalition which is growing and it's, and it's really remarkable, the amount of people, you know, on the list of supporters of Lucy from so many places in the world I think everybody admires a survivor there are certain wild animals in cages that the world is taking notice of now you know you've got your kiskas you know the orca in marine land you've got you know Lucy in Edmonton there's many more I could mention and I think people really admire these animals that have had it you know they, they were caged in a time when perhaps we didn't know much better but we do now and everybody just thinks oh come on you know they deserve their retirement and perhaps you could tell us a bit more about the coalition 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. A few years ago, we undertook to try, the, the message we've been trying to send the Edmonton Valley Zoo is that Lucy's plight is, is not just local and that it has in fact captured the attention of the world. I know myself, I traveled to Thailand. Um, I went to volunteer in an elephant sanctuary there. And the minute I told the people there that I was from Edmonton, instantly, people from Germany, people from South America, people from Australia knew about Lucy and asked me about her right away. So there is worldwide interest. And one of the things we've done at LEAP is to really try to network with outside organizations and bring everybody into the fold. So that would be people from the sanctuaries, um, conservationists, elephant rescuers, other wildlife organizations that don't necessarily focus on elephants, but focus on captivity issues in general. And so we reached out to everybody we could think of and asked them if they would be part of this coalition for Lucy. And we sent a letter to the city of Edmonton and to the zoo and had them all co-sign the letter. Um, and at that time it was requesting an independent examination for Lucy. So now we still have our coalition members and we've added a few new ones um, recently. And now we are going to be, depending on what comes out of these reports, possibly calling on our coalition again, depending on how we have to respond to what the zoo says related to these reports and use our worldwide uh, friends to help us. Because quite honestly, even if these assessments say clearly that Lucy should go, we are prepared for a fight. And we believe that the zoo is still going to put up resistance, even if the reports say what we hope they say. So we're preparing for that because in various media articles that have come out lately, which I'll talk a little bit more about later, um, the zoo director has made it very clear. And also through our independent research through Freedom of Information, where we request emails, we request all documents, all Lucy's health records. And, you know, every six months or so, we get stacks and stacks of information um, about Lucy. And we will actually uh, do freedom of information requests between city councillors, anyone who even mentions Lucy. Um, and we get all this information. Of course, a lot is redacted because they don't want us to read some of it. But in some of this information, we can clearly see that they have no intention still of letting Lucy go. So I'd love to tell you that when those reports come out and if they say she can go, she'll be on the, you know, a, on a crate as soon as possible. We don't believe that to be true. We believe that we still will have to fight for Lucy because they're just doing what they're being told right now um, as far as bringing in the consultants. And it's my opinion that they really have no intention of following through with what the consultants will say. Do you know, that's, that is such a sad thing really isn't it because you know it's it's she's gigantic she's an elephant you know it's not something hidden away I mean you know I've seen video like other people have of Lucy swaying distressed in the zoo in the summer you know everybody can see her barn her housing um I think the zoo recently did admit themselves that the 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 barn is causing COPD breathing issues with the dust um you know any pet owner 
Um, you know, even people suffer COPD. It's not it's not a minor thing. In one respect, I expect it's quite good that finally everybody's coming forward with, you know, because Lucy's breathing has been talked about so much over the years. Um, again, you know, you would expect that if one vet can't get it right, another one would be called in. Um, you know, it is private health after all. It's what you pay for, isn't it? If your animal isn't getting better, then you should be getting in someone that can make it get better or find out why. Um, yes. And they can't, there, there isn't actually an option to keep her there because they're going against their own rules, their own laws. And of course, everybody loves Lucy. So the thought of leaving her in a dusty barn, I'm sure, you know, nobody wants to see that. So there has to be an option so on the positive because I think we all need a ray of hope um at least things now that weren't talked about a few years ago are being talked about and I mean there's no way you know to dispute that Lucy's supporters are not going anywhere you know they, yes. they will stand firmly with you every single day and I see it as well everybody does day and night people are there you know and they are fighting her corner um, but really, we don't want it to be a fight. We want it to be that everybody can wish her well and really enjoy the fact that, you know, she's done a nice job. You know, she's 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 loved. And what's better than, you know, wishing someone well into a new happy retirement phase? I mean, what a beautiful picture it would be to see Lucy strolling around, enjoying all her foliage and her fruits and the pumpkins they give them every fall in the sanctuary um you know just just being an elephant I mean what a lovely picture that would be you know you can wear that badge with pride you know so I really hope that you know there's a whole big corner turned here because also she's getting older there's you know safety concerns when she's walking about on snow and ice and it really would suit everybody. You know, I did see that, you know, the zoo do really well with red pandas. And, you know, why not expand that? You know, do something, you know, that you can really put on a poster with pride. And then Lucy in Sanctuary would be a beautiful picture for everybody to see. Um, so hopefully something positive will come out of it. Um, I think, I mean when I said that they're going to still put up a fight, um, I do believe that, but we now have, will have the ammunition that we've never had before. Yeah. Um, hopefully. So, um, they may want to fight, but the whole reason that this even happened, that we got these independent vets in is because of a few of our city council members. So, um, when free the wild first approached the city, I uh, believe this was in summer of 2021. Uh, they set up meetings with the city manager, the mayor at the time, um, over Zoom, and they were basically told to get lost. Um, the mayor wow. said he wasn't interested. Uh, I know Cher offered to try to, to show the zoo in a positive light by being willing to be open about accepting Free the Wild's help and that she would, you know, come to Edmonton and, you know, talk about how incredible it was that the zoo was open to her help and all of this. And they basically told her, shove it, wow. uh, in, so in a roundabout way. 
um, negotiations failed miserably and they rejected the initial offer from Cher. They wanted no media. They wanted no involvement, very much like they did with Bob Barker years ago. They, when Bob Barker came to try and help Lucy, they told him that he should get a job and mind his own business. So this city has been very resistant to outsiders telling them what to do, even very famous outsiders telling them what to do. Yeah, I think so, Paul McCartney tried as well, didn't he? He came yes. for Lucy, bless him. Yeah, I mean, there's been a number. So um, this is where our city, our city council came in. And I reached out to my specific city councillor, who I have been a thorn in his side since the day he stepped on my doorstep <laughs> as a candidate. He came to my door and he, you know, did the usual thing, you know, trying to get my vote. And I said to him at the time, there will be only one issue in which you will get my vote. And that is if you will finally advocate for this elephant that has been languishing here at the zoo and then went on and he stood there for, I swear an hour while I went on a rant about the lack of proper assessments, the inappropriate care Lucy was going on. And of course he made a lot of promises to me that day. Um, so he got my vote and then he swiftly, well, not swiftly, but he then basically ignored me for quite some time after he was elected and just constant persistence and then finally, when this all happened with Free the Wild, and I couldn't believe the city had this opportunity to make right and, and sort of come out looking okay in the end, which is what we've always worried about. How do we get them to turn around and change their position that they've held so tightly for all these years and still look like good guys? And this yeah. was their chance to do that. And so I reached out to my city councillor and I said to him, Andrew, how on earth can the city refuse this kind of help? Because it wasn't even just bringing in um, assess, uh, consultants for Lucy, but it was also offering to pay for everything, offering to upgrade Lucy's area should she leave, um, offering to upgrade Lucy's area should she not be able to leave. Um, you know, there was a lot attached, offering to send the mayor and councillors to the sanctuaries to tour them so they could see with their own eyes where Lucy could go. There was a huge offer made and it was rejected. And I said to Andrew, how on earth can, can the city do this? You know, return down this kind of help, especially during these times where we were just in the midst of COVID and budgets were tight, profits weren't coming in, the zoo doors had been shut because of the pandemic. How do you turn down this kind of help? And he agreed with me and allowed me to set up a meeting with himself, Free the Wild, me, and we had a discussion. And at the end of that discussion, he said, I am going to reach out to the zoo director and to my colleagues, and we are going to discuss this further. And not only would I like to see Free the Wild consultants be brought in, but we would likely to also provide a list of consultants. And I think we should have both groups bringing in their consultants. And that's what finally turned the corner. So then a new meeting was set up and things started to roll from there. Still a lot of back and forth, but eventually we got to the point where we did have consultants come in this past October. So, um, which is you know, brilliant. Do, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that's all anybody ever wanted, isn't it? They just it wanted everything to be fair because, 
you know, anybody can pick up a book about elephants. Anybody can see how they live. You know, Lucy's is 0.3 acre yard. Um, you know, she in the winter, obviously, it's very cold. Is it minus 20, minus 30 in Alberta, in Edmonton? You know, in winter. Be. And last year, I'm amazed Lucy got through it. We broke eight cold weather records, wow. lifetime cold weather records in Edmonton last year. So we had periods of time where it went to minus 40. Crikey. And on those days, for numbers and numbers of days, Lucy did not leave that little dismal barn that she lives in to even get a sniff of fresh air. And of course, we wouldn't want her to in minus 40. But the point is, is an elephant shouldn't be in this climate at all. She should be able to access the outdoors 24-7 and not be restricted to indoors for, for weeks on end, which happens every winter here. Exactly. When I see Lucy, you know, I, I, in her barn, I kind of hope that people, you know, anybody that owns an animal, if it's a horse, you know, a dog, <laughs> a cat, anything really, if you could imagine, you know, your, your, your pet, you know, not able to breathe fresh air and in a temperature really unsuited to their needs. I mean, can you imagine looking at, you know, at any animal's face? You know, it's even if you, I don't know if you found, you know, an animal had been hit on a road, you know, you look at them and you think they, they shouldn't be here. They need some help. And for any animal to not move, for any person to not be able to exercise. I mean, as we know, that's arthritis, that's breathing, that's weight, that's obesity, I mean, you know, that's everybody's health problems, isn't it? Which is yeah. exactly Lucy. You know, and then and to find out recently, um, you know, we know that she's been trapped in that barn. We know, have known for years that the barn is way too small for yeah. an elephant. Imagine at one point they had two elephants in that barn for that period of time when Lucy had a companion. Some years ago, they had crammed two elephants in that barn. Um, I can't even imagine it. Um, well, I don't even actually. Well, it's a very interesting. I think it's the 2005 Edmonton Grand Plan, um, and it quite openly details, you know, what elephants need. You know, if they're going to breed, what what should be provided. And I mean, elephants need something like 16 hours a day, grazing, foraging, moving around like a herd of horses. They need various foliage. It's got to be 365 days a year, you know, not not a few days or the odd hour here and there. They've got to keep moving because they get foot problems. You know, nothing's worse than concrete for an elephant's feet. Um, obviously, there's the safety issues as well. You know, any big animal that can, you know, suddenly turn, not maliciously or anything, but, you know, if they want to move off or do anything. And I did notice that there's quite a few pictures of Lucy very close to people. And, you know, if you look at the Alberta um, regulations, that doesn't seem to be quite right either. No, there is so many violations with regards to Lucy's management at the Valley Zoo that seem to just have been ignored over the years. And somehow, because they get these vets to come in and say that Lucy can't leave, that she's too sick to travel, that, that gives them a pass on letting her continue to live in these horrific conditions that are clear violations of the Alberta Zoo standards. One is, um, you know, all species should have adequate um, space to move um, and habitats should be conducive to 
species specific needs. We know elephants, as you mentioned, normally forage and roam for 16 to 18 hours and traverse, you know, 50 miles a day. Well, her area is not conducive to a species specific need. The other issue is that all animals must be able to retreat from the public view. Lucy, I've been in that barn and they'll, you stick five kids inside that barn that are talking and the echoing that goes back and forth between those concrete walls is enough to drive me insane. Never mind an elephant who has to listen to it day in and day out and they have amazing hearing. So they, do. And um, they can hear through their feet, can't they? They, they, um, yes, they hear vibrations. Vibrations. Yeah, exactly. So just that alone. And I watched Lucy, she goes to the furthest part at the back of the barn, which is, you know, 20 feet away because it's so small. And she tries to stand in the corner as far away as possible from it. And it's, it's appalling that she can't even retreat, even outside, anywhere. Because if she's even being walked throughout the zoo, as, as they do with their bull hooks on either side of her, yep. she can't retreat there. There's nowhere in the yard. And then, of course, inside her barn, it's like a, a fishbowl, right? And so she, that's another violation. The safety violations, as you mentioned, Lucy in close proximity, letting people into the barn with Lucy, um, parading her around the zoo, 20 feet away from a baby in a stroller. What if a jet passes by or a bolt of lightning or thunder was to spook that elephant and she decided to rampage through the zoo just out of fear? Those exactly. bolt hooks aren't Animal, going to animals, stop animals are by nature unpredictable. You know, they're, you know, flight animals, a lot of them. And it's just a worry that shouldn't even be there, isn't it, really? But I guess, you know, the thing that a lot of us don't really understand is, obviously, we all follow animal rescues and we've all seen local dogs' homes rescue stuff. And, you you know, you, you quite often on the news see animals taken out of conditions that aren't right for them, whether it's been, you know, an animal's been hurt or just, you know, someone hasn't done the right thing by them. But the thing is... The rules have been broken, whether they say the animal can travel or not. The rules are still broken. So Lucy, under the Alberta law, has the right as a government owned animal to have um, certain conditions, never be caused distress. And whether they say almost they can travel or not. The point is that rule is still standing. So doing nothing is not an option either. You know, they have to fix it. So either all of a sudden, miraculously, the temperature in Edmonton changes and 40 acres appear and 365 days foliage appears, or Lucy will still have her issues because of the environment. You know, it's not a, it's not particularly anybody's fault. It's just that, you know, when they put her there, I guess, you know, again, it was a different time nearly 50 years ago, half a century is a long time. But now everybody does know. So we do all have a duty to sort this out. And this could really yes. be something really quite beautiful, as I said before, you know, as in the case of other elephants that have gone to, to um, sanctuaries. And we've all seen it around the world. We've seen elephants that, goodness me, sometimes 70, 80 years old. Um, from logging in Thailand we've seen them go to one of the wonderful sanctuaries there um, you know so old but they still enjoyed a good few years retirement 
because these are hospitals. This isn't just moving an animal out of one paddock into another. These are, you know, almost state-of-the-art facilities. You couldn't, you know, wish a loved animal to go to anywhere better. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, back to the health issues regarding Lucy is, you know, and the excuses made, and that's what it is, that the zoo operates on excuses and stalling. So the excuses, she's too sick to move. Well, is she going to be sick in a, in a transport crate? Is she going to get worse in a transport crate? She's standing in a tiny little barn, not much bigger than a transport crate. So if she has breathing issues there, yes, she'll have them in the transport crate, but she's not running to the sanctuary. She's well, not walking her way. She's being transported. Well, right? to be honest, the transport crate would be clean. There wouldn't be dusty. Yeah. She'd have a team of vets around her. She'd have exactly. all, the me- all the medicine that she'd need. And we've all seen animals moved, um, you know, around the world with medical teams. And, you know, they, they all travel. I've never heard of one not making it. And again, leaving her there isn't the option anyway, because the environment makes her sick. So it's like any animal, isn't it? We've seen all the rescue centres. I mean, all those animals in rescue centres came from places that made those animals sick. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. You know, these global teams are incredible. You know, these are the best vets on earth, really. And the work they do is astounding to watch. And no different from people rescuing, you know, people in all kinds of disaster zones. You've got the best doctors, the best medics, the best facilities, the best equipment. So that is all on offer for Lucy, isn't it? She would have the best medical care that she's never had during transport, because as you said, this team is impeccable. And we know that elephants do not die in transit to sanctuary. Yeah, they, they keep making this, this threat. But the problem is, is they're telling this to lay people, people that haven't taken the time to do their research. So, you know, and I'm referring to city citizens here in the city. They love Lucy. Oh, we love having an elephant in Edmonton. Oh, the zoo says she can't make it to sanctuary or she'll die. Oh, my God, then leave her here. We can't have her die. But have any of them taken 10 minutes of their time to research and see the elephants like you described? I mean, I saw a 95-year-old elephant move to sanctuary um, um, that left transported at Elephant Nature Park. To see that elephant, the emaciated condition of that elephant, and the distance she traveled on the back of a truck, when she got to EMP, I was there. And they had to put her on IV fluids when she arrived. And they had her in a special area. They had fires built in the area around her to keep her warm at night. They gave her fluids and they had around the clock care by her mahouts. And by the end of that week, I felt so honored to be the person that was able to go with her for her first walk down to the river with Lekendera. Oh, my goodness. That was absolutely sensational. Amazing. Then I came back the year later and I was on a golf cart and we were driving through the elephant nature park and this elephant comes running up beside me and I knew instantly her name was Yaibua. I knew instantly it was Yaibua because she had this huge lump on her foreleg from years of uh, abscessed bull hook wounds. So I saw this elephant with this big, huge lump on her leg, but otherwise she was unrecognizable. She wasn't skin and bones. She wasn't full of wounds. And she was literally running past us on a golf cart. 
And the first thing I said, is that Yaibua? And then I was told yes. And then the first thing that went to my mind, I thought she is twice as old as Lucy and she could run circles around her because she was running at top speed to keep up with us. And it was the most amazing thing. So when I hear Lucy's too sick to be moved, it makes me nuts because it's it's just not true. It's just I, I, I can't lies. quite I can't quite figure out why anybody would think that an elephant, you know, a huge creature is not supposed to move. You know, it, it's obvious that a herd animal, even one that's on its own, they need to move. Nobody, you wouldn't, you know, restrict your dog or your horse or you know, yourself, you know, you, you've got to move. Exercise is part of life. And obviously, you know, it, it's all about health, isn't it? And the zoo will say, claim that, sorry for interrupting. So, sorry, the um, Elephant Nature Park, which is the sanctuary you're talking about, the the incredible Lech Chaler and her husband, who is Canadian, isn't he? Derek yes, Thompson. Derek Thompson, yeah. I mean, both of these incredible people who are renowned globally, um, you know, they have also offered their support for Lucy, haven't they? I think I've seen their names on the coalition. And honestly, I would appeal to anybody just as a feel-good factor to look at this sanctuary, read up on their rescues. Um, it's beautiful. It, it really is. If you love animals, you love nature, you know, you love, you know, a feel-good story and to see what incredible advances, um, you know, these vets have made in healing animals that have, I mean you know the animals they've got there have come from the extremes the real logging industries the begging you know these animals have had it hard they've carried chains and they've gone and they have thrived in retirement so it's really telling too is the fact that they have been so abused they've been malnourished they've been overworked and yet they will live to yeah. the age of the one that I said, 95 years old. Exactly. And yet you'll never see a zoo elephant live to that age. So even though they may not be being beaten and starved, the conditions that they live in are clearly much harder on their body than even elephants enduring that kind of abuse because they never, hardly ever survive past the age of 50. Exactly. And so, you know, it's amazing to see. And, and Lech, she has seen so many horrific elephants and she's rescued so many in such terrible shape and every you know when I've sat with her and talked to her about Lucy she goes to tears every single oh, time just thinking about Lucy what most I think the two things that upset Lek most of course is her solitude knowing as she knows how much they need each other but also the cold weather because Lek gets very worried about her elephants in Thailand in the winter months it will maybe go down to 14 degrees and she gets panic stricken. Out come the coats for the elephants. The mahouts are instructed to stay overnight to keep fires burning, to keep those elephants warm because she says they will go down if they get cold. And she knows that Lucy's not living in 13 plus degrees Celsius, but often living in minus 13 or even colder. And it just is so upsetting. And she's made a couple of videos for us that we are on our YouTube channel. So if any of the listeners want to take a look, Derek has also created a video for us on our YouTube channel. So Did you know, I, I, I think it would be really handy because obviously, you know, things get lost. If maybe on your social media, if you would post those again, 
And I'm sure, you know, it'd be really interesting, you know, with this catch up and everything just to, you know, put it back out there, you know, from these global experts, you know, their views. And again, it's just nice, isn't it? If we can just remind ourselves what they're saying and it gives everybody confidence that this is the right thing for Lucy. Um, And maybe if you can just let us know, or maybe you have, what the upcoming plans are for LEAP. Um, or is it just a case of at the moment just wait for those um, results to come out the, from the evaluation? Yeah, really everything hinges on that for us right now to know what direction that we need to take next is um, what do those reports uh, actually say. So our our goals are, will be around that. But the other, aside from the reports, what we do know is, um, and you alluded to it earlier, is there's been quite a bit of recent media attention locally here on Lucy, which is actually amazing because I've been doing this for over 10 years for her. And one of the biggest challenges we've had is getting the media attention locally for Lucy. People are tired of hearing about Lucy. People, you know, oh, well, she's too sick, you know, let it go. They tell people like me and my colleagues to stop wasting our time. Lucy will die of mood and let it go. So to get media attention, we have to have something new to report on to get the media, you know, looking at it. So yeah, I've, I've, seen, year, I've seen that. And I think, you know, just as a normal member of the public, I've been a bit confused like other people, because we always kind of thought journalists would sit on the fence and look at both sides. And it until recently, you know, especially, I, I suppose, an easy example is the dusty barn, you know, causing the COPD, you know, that's you know, recently come out. And yet, really, anybody could watch the videos of Lucy swaying. Well, everybody knows an elephant swaying backwards and forwards is distress. So that's one red flag. Everybody knows the elephant should be moving around. That's another one. And we could keep going on with all the red flags we've been saying. So really, if the journalist is sat on that fence, you know, which is where, you know, you would expect them to be non-biased, you know, it it's always been just acceptance. So like you I've seen some of the latest news reports and it's good and I hope they continue to to sit on that fence but really look at both sides you know I'm surprised by now to be honest one of them hasn't been to an elephant sanctuary or you know done a bit of deep diving because this is a lot of money that's you know the zoo's costing it's not a few million it's in the hundreds million I think it's something like 140 150 million you know in the past decade or so um, and obviously, I think they're asking for another 10 million. It's a lot of money in a cost of living crisis. Yes, exactly. And and that's the other, that's one of the big directions that we're going to go in now. So planning a new petition to petition uh, citizens of Edmonton to reject any further funding to the Edmonton Valley Zoo. So that's one thing in the works. And, and that's a petition that we can circulate widely because in the past, it's always been about assessments for Lucy and it's been very specific to her medical issues this is just globally or not globally but civically in this city do Edmonton citizens want their taxpayer dollars to fund this facility which is an embarrassment to anyone who's taken any time to learn about the zoo and has come under such fire recently earlier this year again for the third time in the last decade the Edmonton Valley Zoo was listed as the worst zoo for elephants 
on the continent. Is that what we should continue to pour our taxpaying dollars into? Lucy aside, um, and of course Lucy's important, but we want to address as citizens of Edmonton why we would want, why we don't want money, more money poured into the zoo. As you mentioned, in the last 10 years, $110 million has been added to the zoo budget. And in that money, and we were very grateful to our local paper this year, who reported that they now want to put another $50.3 million in, and not one of not one cent of that was allocated to upgrade Lucy's area. So we were grateful to the reporter for pointing that out. Um, that gave us some ammunition to run with. And then now, as you mentioned, they're planning the upcoming budgets for 2023 to 2026. And they had somebody in looking at all the various areas in the city and doing reports on the conditions of these various programs within the city, even the police service and um, the library and the zoo. And, you know, it was quite startling to see the city themselves say publicly that the zoo was failing, that the um, conditions were poor for many of the animals, including Lucy, and that they were at risk of being shut down or losing their accreditation if they didn't upgrade the area, specifically Lucy's area, the area for the birds of prey or two that come to mind that were highlighted in this report actually completed by the city of Edmonton. Well, that, that, was that is good, isn't it? Because obviously education is a big thing that I've noticed you know, a lot in the news in, in Alberta. And obviously you can't have children going to a zoo watching an elephant rocking backwards in force or just stood there in distress. I mean, you know, it's not teaching anything of value, is it? And especially in a climate crisis where all our children are, you know, we hope, you know, very interested in the environment. And, you know, Canada's well known for being a beautiful country. So you, you can't start off by taking kids to a zoo to see a load of distressed animals. You know, it doesn't really suit a modern ethos, does it? No, it doesn't. And, you know, what, what else was really... Um validating but we've always known that this respiratory condition that they have always used to their advantage to say that Lucy can't safely be moved because she'll die if she's moved because of her breathing which first of all is nonsensical because it is yeah she can breathe in the back of a truck the same way she can breathe standing in a barn so I mean it makes no exactly. sense but aside from that they have finally admitted what we have always suspected and known that her environment is the cause of her problem. When we, when they bring in their consultants and nobody has ever been able to make a diagnosis of what is her actual breathing problem. And, you know, it's not rocket science, really. Um, if you can't figure it out and if it's not clearly discernible, perhaps you need to look at the environment in which she lives. You know, maybe it isn't just a random disease, a respiratory illness that, oh, poor Lucy, you know, she got some sort of disease that was genetically in, inherent inside her and caused her breathing problems. It's clear it's from her environment, possibly the climate. We know that cold, dry air is not what an elephant should be breathing. It's not what they're used to be used to breathing and will cause inflammation in the lungs. I'm a respiratory this by background. So I know in dealing with people with chronic lung issues, 
like COPD, as you mentioned, they leave climates like Edmonton. They move to warmer areas because it's been better for their breathing. So we've always suspected, and even experts who have weighed in in Lucy's court cases and affidavits, real experts, they weren't able to examine Lucy, they weren't allowed to, but they still weighed in knowing what they know about elephants and knowing what they know about climate and said that the climate could really be a contributing factor to Lucy's breathing. So we've known that. And then I've wondered inside that tiny barn, what's the HVAC system like? What's the air filtration like in there? They're bringing in hay. Hay is quite, and and I know you have experience with horses. Hay can bring with it coal, right? If you feed a horse bad hay or, some horses can't even cope with hay that isn't dust extracted. And, you know, they need to eat more than hay, you know. Yeah, of course. These yeah. animals and are meant to, meant to forage. Yeah. So we know that hay itself yeah. brings in dust, brings in potential mold. In Alberta, I don't know if this is a case where you live, but we have something called hantavirus, which is from mouse droppings that causes a respiratory uh, illness that is like a pneumonia that could be fatal. I'm oh, sure there's mice God. running around in Lucy's barn. Is there mice droppings with hantavirus? Is there spores uh, inside Lucy's barn? You know, an analysis needs to be done of the area. It does. It, to me, yeah. it's clear that her respiratory condition is caused by the zoo and the condition she lives in, and yet they use it to their advantage to deny her retirement to sanctuary by saying she can't breathe. She is, you know, a wild animal. She's an awful lot bigger than my horse. But I wouldn't put my horse in that barn. You know, I just think there's no daylight. There's there's just nothing. I mean, I can't imagine closing that door on, I don't know, even a dog, quite honestly. You know, it's it's just too sad. And I think it's not that nobody, you know, I'm sure everybody does really genuinely care for her. And at the end of the day, you think, well, okay, it might not be perfect, but at least they're okay and we do love them and everything else. But the thing is, it can it can be made better. And, you know, we've all seen the facilities at these sanctuaries, and I just hope people do look. Because if you if you if you put an animal in the right place, you know, square pegs, square holes, then you know. I've let animals go before because I didn't have the facilities, you know, and it's what you do, isn't it? You, you, you know, if something needs certain, you know, certain facilities and you live in the wrong place for it, you know, you just want the best, don't you? You just want to make them happy. And I think at Lu- Lucy's done 45 years of service. And I think, you know, just to kind of round this up, that's what we want, isn't it? We just want Lucy to have a nice time in retirement and everybody really think good that's done you know everybody moves forward now well yes and, and as that saying goes if you love something you let it go exactly and, and they claim constantly how much they love lucy and it's time to show that time yes. to show the love and and let her go and we don't know what the future will hold for her because she sat she's been here for 45 years and many of the ailments that she now has are not reversible. So um, a lot of damage has been done, but that doesn't mean that it needs to continue to worsen. And that doesn't mean that the conditions that she lives in 
which will aggravate the pain associated with those conditions. You mentioned concrete. So Lucy does have significant arthritis and foot problems. So if she moved to sanctuary, she would have soft earth under her feet. And she'd she have would therapy. have a river. Yeah, she would have, have a river or a lake to swim in, which would take the weight off of her joints and off of her sore feet. So just the pain management alone, uh, sleeping on a sunny hillside in the warmth of, of uh, the year 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, we hear that Lucy is an antisocial elephant and only likes people. Utter nonsense, complete and utter nonsense. But even if it was true, Lucy would have the freedom of choice to decide exactly. whether she wants to be by herself or, or associate with the other elephants. She won't be forced into relationships she doesn't want. Sanctuaries don't do that. So, I mean... If Lucy gets six months out of sanctuary, it's I will gonna, die a happy wonderful. woman. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. And, and hopefully she has a lot more time than that. But she deserves that. She's put in her time for this city and she deserves the chance. And if only she could tell us, I'm certain she'd say, put me on that truck and, and let's go. And I believe great. that she has held on. When I first started LEAP, I was told that by another organization running a campaign that they didn't think Lucy would survive a year. And I just couldn't accept that thinking. And then we've heard in some media articles where people have said she's now palliative and it's too late to move Lucy. We reject that. We reject that wholeheartedly because why is she still here with all of those conditions and medical problems she has? She clearly is hanging on. She's fighting and she wants to live. And she's not ready to go yet. So let's get her to sanctuary as soon as possible. And let's see what happens. And if she gets six months to a year, wonderful. She didn't die alone exactly. in a cold barn in frigid Canada. She died where she should have been or not where she should have been. She should have been left in the wild where she came from but as close as possible to where she should have been. And one good thing, if she, gets, if she gets to sanctuary, she's going to get all the fresh fruits and the veggies and the foliage, and she is going to get sport rotten, but in a medically responsible way with all the therapy, all the lovely things that will give her a value in life as an elephant. And really, I don't think anybody could ask for more for her. Yeah, I mean, that's all we, we want for her. And let's hope we, yep. we keep our fingers crossed about the examinations and we're willing to take this battle further as far as it needs to go. Hopefully we won't have to battle too far, um, but we'll do whatever is necessary. And, you know, clearly winter is here now in Canada and we had so hoped that Lucy wouldn't have had to endure another winter, but I'm afraid it looks like she will. Um, because even if there is arrangements made for her transport, that doesn't happen overnight. Lucy will need some time to be trained to go into crates and whatnot. So at this point, I think our best case scenario would be springtime uh, for Lucy to travel. And let's just hope that she can withstand another horrifying winter. And she showed us that she's been able to do it for 45 years and that we can get something happening um, very early in the new year for her to start making plans to move. But, you know, it's not going to be an easy fight, but we're prepared. And we know that all the people who support LEAP and the other organizations who have fought hard to help Lucy will continue. 
and we just can't let up. We just oh no, nobody's giving up. And even if you know, obviously, we do want the right result, but the winter wouldn't be wasted. They could get a coat on her. They could improve the food. You know, there's all kinds of things that could be happening that, to be honest, would make her winter far less boring than just being locked up for an awful long time every day or just stuck out in the snow. And she could, you know, get to know people that are going to move her. Um, You know, there's a lot that could actually happen that could lighten up this winter. So, you know, we're all going to keep our hopes up and praying for Lucy and obviously following, you know, very closely on social media. And I want to thank you for this chat because it's enlightened me. I hope it will enlighten all the people that I know, you know, are just forever, you know, trying to think of ways to help Lucy. And, you know, she is loved. She's loved all over the world. And I hope that the councillors, you know, really recognise that. Um, and a big thank you to the councillors that have made this happen. You know, you know, let's not forget them. So it's been lovely to talk to you. And I really appreciate it, Marianne. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And um, I really appreciate that you have such a good background understanding of, of elephants and husbandry and whatnot. Uh, clearly, you've done your, your research as well. And, you know, that's all we ask anyone to do. You know, the people that brush us off and say, leave Lucy alone. She loves her keepers and everything. If you really love her, just take five minutes or take, you know, a half an hour of your life. Look at some of the sanctuary elephants, do your homework, and you'll come to the same conclusion with just a little bit of research that Lucy must go. She cannot relate here in Edmonton and help us join our fight. So I'll just remind people to look us up on Facebook, our Facebook group. If you search Lucy's Edmonton Advocates Project in the window, you will find us there. We have a website, www.leapforlucy.com. If you scroll down our website, we have a number of automated letters that you can click, very simple. Click to send to our provincial ministers. They're the ones that aren't upholding the zoo standards for Lucy. You can click to send a message to city council. You can click to send a message to sponsors of the zoo. Um, so there's a number of initiatives that you can do there. Watch for our new petition coming out in the near future. And just last night, I posted some new references. Um, like you said, it would be good to have some of this information that people can look at. So we have videos, we have uh, news articles, all compiled in one document that people can go and take a look at. So um, we urge anyone listening to to join the fight, come and become a member of LEAP or or any of the groups fighting for Lucy. Um, Power in numbers. And uh, let's hope that we can get something happening for her. So thank you so much. And thank you uh, to uh, the program itself for having us on. It's my second time here. And if you want to invite me back once the reports are released, um, and we strategize around that. I'd be happy to come and speak. Oh, we'd there. be delighted. Absolutely delighted. Thank you so much. I think we took up more time than probably we should have, but <laughs> once I get talking about Lucy, it's hard to stop. But oh, Lucy is completely worth it. And I, and I hope, you know, we needed to do this for her. We really did. I think a lot of people, you know, are just waiting for a bit of a, a roundup about Lucy and uh, we needed to do this and it would be everybody's best Christmas if we could just, you know, get that gate open. Oh, it it absolutely would. 
I would never need another Christmas uh, <laughs> again if that was to happen.